Welcome to another episode of Growler Garage. This car behind me, you may have recognized, it is called the Growler. When we heard that name, we had to have it on the show along with its owner, Alex Bermudez. So do you think instead of some beer, I can have some milk? Yeah, we could probably do that. Cool. 2% please. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, we are here alongside Alex. Uh, you saw his car just a second ago, the Growler, his Porsche 911. We'll get back to that one in a second. But first off, how are you doing today, Alex? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, this sort of thing is always fun, although I've never done it before. So Yeah, you were mentioning this is kind of the second time in a couple of weeks that you've been in front of a camera, but kind of entirely different situations, right? You were doing that video for Petrolicious, right? Yeah. This time I have to talk more, and that's kind of nerve-wracking. <laughs> before, I was just driving like a monkey, and that was fun. But... Uh, Mm -hmm. Now I have to talk and use my head. Right. Well, you know, it's all right because this is watched by 12 people, so nobody <laughs> will see it. Uh, what's your Petrolicious video view was up to now? A couple hundred thousand, right? You know what? The editor sent me a text yesterday. He said it was 300,000. Wow. That's impressive. If we could get 30% of that, I'd be so happy. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. See if you can help us on that. Or, or like 1% of that. Well, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be, what, 3,000? Yeah. 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 300. I'm not really sure what it all means, but they're excited about it, so I'm excited. What it means is that you have a pretty pretty sweet car. Or uh, they have a really good distribution, I'm not sure. I think it's both. You know? yeah. I think it's both. I mean, they do have some really cool videos, though, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they've got that um, the Ferrari one. It seems like it's super popular about the the dude that... Um, what I, I don't remember the exact topic of the video, but basically it's like he built his dream Ferrari or oh, something. Oh, yeah. So... It's funny, you know, I met that guy like three years ago, mm -hmm. and I was like, I need to shoot this guy for Petrolicious. And then, it, and foolishly, I, I lost contact with him. Mm -hmm. I lost his information. I got it at the, uh, Pasadena has like a Ferrari show once a year, mm -hmm. and he turned up there with two of his buddies. They, three, uh, if I remember correctly, three people built that car together. It doesn't say wow. so in the video, but it was three of them. And they were the coolest guys there. And ironically, they were there with a replica, but there was so much passion in that car. I mean, it was it was spectacular. And, yeah. I, and I spent the whole show next to that car. That's I didn't cool. look at any of the other Ferraris. That's super cool. I mean, um, I mean, I guess we should rewind a little bit before we get too carried away. And that and people are probably wondering what Petrolicious is. Um, and it's it, the way I like to look at it. Well, first off, it's a website, right? Petrolicious.com, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's kind of like what Jalopnik used to be back when Jalopnik was cool. Um, and it's gotten a little bit too mainstream, a little bit too cliche for my taste. I still, I still check in on it. But Petrolicious seems like it's a lot more kind of gearheads. There's, mm -hmm. there's people who are genuine car people, writing about cars, driving cars. You, you photograph a lot of cars, right? I mean, tell us about what you do for Petrolicious. Well, yeah. So what I do for Petrolicious is kind of, it's something that I spoke about in my own video a little bit, which is it's kind of therapy for me mm -hmm. because... You know, when I race, it's so destructive. Mm -hmm. And um, so I like complementing all that destruction with creativity. Mm -hmm. So the photography is something that I, I, I come from a photographic background. So that's something that uh, I do for them. Uh, and that was kind of a natural thing. But then on top of that, I, uh, I write the stories that go with the photography. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of fun because they're basically road trip stories. Mm -hmm. I get to drive other people's cars uh, you know, on a extended road trips and um, experience a lot of different cars, which I love because I'm constantly kind of looking for other driving experiences, mm -hmm. um, which is, again, another theme in that video. Um, but the in interesting thing about the writing is that I am not a particularly good writer. Mm -hmm. I, I really have to work hard 
to get that done. It's not something that comes natural to me. And again, much like racing, I like that challenge. Mm -hmm. So basically what I do is I sort of produce my own stories, produce the photography, the writing and everything, and then I submit it to them. Mm -hmm. And I, I've developed a really good relationship with them and they love my stuff. And so I just kind of do my stuff. They, they give me free reign to do whatever I want and, um, and they publish it. Yeah, I mean, one of the cool perks of your job, it seems like, is you're always driving something different. I mean, when, uh, when I met you, obviously, at Cal Speed at the car track, mm -hmm. uh, where I used to work, and you're there a lot practicing for your other racing, which we'll kind of get back around to. Um, but you'd always be driving something different. I mean, you drive your, your the Growler every now and then. Um, I think you drove a Pathfinder once. Like oh, the, yes. The, the yeah. mid-90s Pathfinder, which I don't think that was a car you're doing any photo shoots of. But, no, no. But you had that BMW 2002 for a while. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, gosh, I think you had a Corvette, a first-generation Corvette, a C1 Corvette. C1 Corvette, yeah. I did a, what's it called, a 3.0 CSL. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a pretty interesting car. I've done a, a lot of Porsches for them. Mm -hmm. um, primarily, what I've shot for them is Porsches. Okay. Um, and then they, after, like, three or four of them, they're like, hey, Alex, maybe you should try something else. <laughs> you know? um, I am obsessed by 911s. Mm -hmm. And um, so, of course, any opportunity to, to drive something that's vastly different to something that I've already experienced, mm -hmm. um, I'll jump on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and um, th and then you race a Porsche as well. I mean, you race a, a Boxster, right? Yeah, in, in spec if you can call that a Porsche. Oh, Some people God. don't. Well, those people are wrong. <laughs> those people can fuck themselves. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I have a really good friend um, who races with me, um, not in my class. He mm -hmm. actually runs like a four liter cup car. So he, okay. so he's running a very serious car and he, he calls my car disposable, which I find kind of amusing. <laughs> well, if you're rich enough, anything's disposable. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're a disposable uh, race car. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Now tell us about how you got into, um, the spec boxer racing. And, and that's kind of how I met you is to practice for the spec boxer. You'd go to Cal speed, get into yeah. a cart and just kind of go head to head with whatever instructor was available that day yeah. to practice. Um, but, but how did you get into, what made you go, you know what, I want to go racing and I want to do it in a Boxster. You know, it's funny because I never thought I wanted to go racing. Mm -hmm. What happened is I, I, bought, I bought a 997 um, and I knew this dude, Magnus, who mm -hmm. at the time was not famous at all. Right. I mean, he was just some crazy guy. Kind of still is some crazy guy, right? Yeah. But I knew him from uh, downtown real estate. Um, very, you know, w very casually met like twice. Mm -hmm. And so when I bought that car, I went to see him. And I said, hey, you know, I know that you're really into Porsches. I want to show you my, my car that I got. And I mean, in retrospect, it was a ridiculous thing to do because, of course, he's into vintage cars. And I had just bought this brand new mm -hmm. new car, which is of no interest to him. But you know, to his credit, I mean, he, 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 he invited me in to mm -hmm. his loft and he looked at my car, I showed it to him and he was you know, very sort of, I don't know if I'd say impressed, but he was very into it and mm -hmm. you know, he, he allowed me to, to show it to him and everything. And then, and then he showed me his cars. And mm -hmm. it's, it was funny because as soon as I saw what he was doing, I was like, wow, okay. So like what I'm into or what I've done with the car that I bought is very different to what he does. And he, mm -hmm. he introduced me to that whole sort of older, um, air-cooled mm -hmm. Porsche culture, I suppose, or ethos. And, um, and, and at that point, I was like, yeah, I probably, probably need to get one of those. Right. So, <laughs> but anyway, then he, he said, well, why don't you uh, go to Works 2 Motorsport, get yourself a helmet, and I'll take you to the track, and I'll instruct you. I mean, I, I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know you could go to tracks. I thought tracks were where <laughs> like professional race car drivers drove. Mm -hmm. um, and he introduced me to the Porsche Owners Club, which is basically a Porsche racing club. Mm -hmm. um, so he, he said, join this club, go and get yourself a helmet, and I'll meet you in two weeks and, uh, you know, at Willow Springs, and, and I'll be your instructor. And, and so I said, okay, great. Two weeks came, I had the helmet, I joined the club. And I met him out there. That's, uh, that's wild. That's I how it I, happened. And I, I didn't know. So at that point, I was doing, uh, well, that event was not a race event. It was like a, it was like a DE event, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he, he basically, you know, at, at that level, the, what they're basically teaching you is, you know, how to hold a steering wheel. Right. And that's what, yeah. that's what Magnus taught me, right? And, 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 and the concept of apexing. I mean, it was very basic stuff. 
But I did it, and I, I realized that I really didn't want to take a brand new 997 to the track right. a lot because <laughs> it was invariably going to get destroyed. Um, if you look at my Boxster today, it's it's pretty rough. Um, but I, I realized then that I needed to find an alternative. I, you know, I, I, I often tell people, yeah, I, I bought this car and within a month of having it, I realized I'd bought the wrong car. Really? You know? Yeah, because really I realized then that I wanted to go fast on a track mm -hmm. and I'd bought this super nice sort of luxury sports car and really what I needed was a beta Boxster, you know, to go <laughs> racing with. So, so then I was like, okay, so, you know, Magnus showed me the ropes and um, we kind of parted ways. We've we've stayed friends since then, mm -hmm. um, but but uh, then what happened is I think a year went by, maybe maybe a little less than a year, and then I eventually found a Boxster. A friend of mine found a Boxster for me actually, mm -hmm. um, and and I bought it, and then I started building that into the Boxster spec. I see. Okay, so you didn't buy a, a completed race car. You built that car. No, I built it. Um, one of the byproducts of Magnus sending me to Works 2 Motorsport to buy a helmet is that I met Galen Beaker there, who's, um, he was an ALMS driver, mm -hmm. and uh, he, he sort of was the one that guided me into what to do. Realistically, if you're smart, which apparently I'm not, you would buy <laughs> a race car. Yeah. But I built one, which mm -hmm. is more expensive. You get, you get it the way you want it. Mm -hmm. um, not all race cars are built the same when it comes to safety. So true. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. So you know, my my car is definitely on the safe safer side, which mm -hmm. which was really important to me uh, when I started this because I was convinced I would go out on my second event and go around a corner too too harshly and flip mm -hmm. over without hitting anything. Right. So I was to me it was really important that it had a cage and it had all these things. Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't that. Um, Concerned about suspension, although Galen was like, "No, you know, you need to feel all that so that you can develop um, as a driver." So we built the car. Um, it was it certainly wasn't perfect, but um, it was certainly good enough to start doing a lot of DEs, mm -hmm. and that's what I did. I mean, as soon as as soon as he had finished building it, I basically went to like two events a, a month, mm -hmm. which would be considered a lot. Yeah, uh, for in sure. A car. So two weekends a month, um, I started just attacking every POC event that I could go to. Wow. Um, I spent about a year doing um, what they call the performance driving series, which is their sort of D DE. It is a competitive uh, class, mm -hmm. uh, you know, championship, but it is also where you develop into a driver. It's a little bit like um, time attack or time trials, mm -hmm. um, but with a little bit more flexibility. Then, I think after a year, I moved into uh, time trials, which is where you practice, practice, and then you have a two-lap format where you have to put down a really fast lap. So it's a little bit like what when you qualify, right? right. You go out there and you put down a fast lap. And, and that, in retrospect, was a great experience because now I'm pretty good at qualifying. Right. Um, you know, I can go out, usually in the first lap, I can put down something pretty good and get yeah. on pole. Um, so that experience is really good. And then... In the third year with the POC, that's when I started cup racing. Okay. Which is, you know, wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing. Right. But the funny thing is, like, I didn't, I, I didn't know at any given time I wanted to go racing. I was just like, oh, well, this is fun. Let's see what happens when we do this. And let's right. see what happens when we do that. Um, and, you know, before I knew it, I was wheel-to-wheel -wheel yeah. trading paint. So this is a fairly new kind of obsession for you, um, racing in general. Is did you grow up watching racing at all? No, or? I, I I'm I come from a place that don't really have cool cars at all. <laughs> I mean that's kind of the funny thing. I mean, so I grew up in Trinidad, um, in the Caribbean, which means there are a lot of cool boats mm -hmm. and a lot of and a lot of stuff to do with the ocean, mm -hmm. but nobody has nice cars. Okay. Um, and uh, so I was not exposed to that at all as a as a as a child or anything um but i'd always like porsches i think i think i don't really remember when i first saw a porsche but i certainly do remember seeing it at probably you know 10 ish mm -hmm. and thinking i love that car mm -hmm. and i always wanted to get one and one of the cool things about porsche is that they've made the same damn car for so long that <laughs> i i finally got to the point where i could afford the car that i saw when i was a child you know yeah so 
that's pretty that's that's pretty cool i mean that's you you hit on something there that's like if you grew up liking a specific ferrari right yeah that ferrari's not gonna be made anymore right you know? exactly so you're gonna buy a 30 year old testarossa and it's not gonna be what you imagined because yeah. cars a have caught up to that you know caught up and it's been 30 years and you know, it's been maintained you know tremendously it's still a 30 year old car you know yeah. so it's like 911s, you know, they're all different. They've all got their quirks, and yeah. certainly the, the air cool to water cooled switch is a big difference. But you know, Porsche has been very considerate with people like me. Sl you know, slow to uh, make enough money to be able to buy right. one. You know, so we'll wait for you. We'll just keep making them until you can afford it. Right. Yeah. Hopefully they keep doing that because I still got a little ways to go personally. So. Yeah. Um, so um, when you bought that first 911, the the 997, um, obviously that's not a cheap car. Uh, wh what were you what were you doing at the time? Like, were you doing your photography like you are now? Or? No. So, yeah. So, I stopped being a photographer um, at one point and and sort of got into real estate. Ironically, much in the same way with racing, there was no plan. I just opportunities kind of came my way mm -hmm. and I took advantage of them. So. Now I'm a real estate guy, which is kind of cheesy because I'm a Porsche real estate guy, right? Yeah. The only thing worse is if I was a dentist, perhaps, right? right. But luckily, I have bad teeth, so that one doesn't work. <laughs> Could become a doctor and ride a Harley around. <laughs> then it's, yeah. that's just about the same level. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's super interesting to me is because, you know, most people we have on the show is, you know, I talk about when did you, when did you start liking cars? Well, I don't know. I mean, pretty much my whole life. So it's interesting to me is that you're somebody who, you know, not only talks to talk, but walks the walk where you go and you, you, you're, you, you know, do the coaching sessions with myself or other instructors and you know what the hell you're doing. You know, obviously you had a little bit of practice, but you haven't been doing it that long, but yet you have total idea of what's going on around you. And that's, that's something that I always tell people when they're new to karting or new to racing in general is it's not how long you've been doing it necessarily. You either get it or you don't, mm. you can pick it up and some people get it instantly. Some people it takes a little longer. Some people never get it. You know, it's, they could go out and they can be decent drivers. They can have fun and that's great. But some people just don't get it when it comes to racing or driving competitively. There's, a, there's just always something a little bit yeah. missing. And, and I'm guessing the, you know, Porsche Owners Club has, you know, a, a kind of a, that range of people also, the Porsche people that really get it. And they're a diehard, you know, I love cars, I love racing, but then there's probably the people out there who are just, look at my 911, look how cool it is. Yeah, well, it, that's, that's, you've sort of touched on something really interesting. One of the great things about the Porsche Owners Club is that they're, they have like a really good, instructor program. Mm -hmm. um, now, a lot of clubs kind of tout this idea that you can get instruction. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the Porsche Owners Club take instruction pretty seriously. Mm -hmm. So they're very strict about who can instruct and at what level they can instruct. Um, and, and that never goes away. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, in my last race this weekend at Chakwala, uh, I had the fortunate circumstance of having the chief driving instructor in my class. He just came in for one race. Mm -hmm. And after the race, he's like coming up to me and telling me all these things that I was doing and how to get it better. And, you know, so mm -hmm. it's, it's a never ending process, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, and, and the club, you know, the people within the club are very good about sharing the information and a mm -hmm. lot of road racing, everyone's very secretive. They don't want yeah. their competitors to know. And certainly there's a little bit of that, but, at the same time, there is this very nurturing quality where mm -hmm. people will constantly talk to you about how to get better mm -hmm. and, and what you're doing. And they'll come and talk to you afterwards. You know, when you're an impound, uh, all, all the people in your particular class will come and say, hey, this was interesting. This happened. You, you, you always see that. And, and I think, you know, after a while, that really starts to have a positive effect on you. Yeah. And that sounds like it's almost the total opposite of what the stereotype is. You know, most people think Porsche owners in general are stuck up snobs who don't really give a shit what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and, that, and I'm sure there's those people in everything you do. One you know, of the things, what. you know, one of the things that I hate about cars, mm -hmm. about, about somebody who likes cars, right, mm -hmm. is that whole thing, yeah. right? Because like, I don't like cars because they're expensive and what they say about me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I like cars just because of the way they make me feel when I drive them, mm -hmm. right? And unfortunately, that tends to mean they, they, they cost more than bicycles, yeah. right? Yeah. So one of the things that's really great about the Porsche Owners Club is that when you go there and you're, and you're you know, be it PDSing or time trialing or cup racing, none of that stuff about how much your car costs is relevant. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares. The only thing that people care about there and respect 
is your ability to drive. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, sure, this guy with the cup car, you know, the four-liter cup car, he jokes about my disposable Boxster. But him and I are really good friends. Yeah. And, and yeah. like, you know, he has the utmost respect for me, mm -hmm. you know, and vice versa. So it's, it's it, like, our cars are parked next to each other, and my car is disposable. I mean, <laughs> yeah. let's not joke about it. I mean, my engines aren't a barely worth rebuilding, you mm -hmm. know? Um, but at the same time, our cars will park next to each other and it, and it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And I love that because mm -hmm. it's, it's one place where I can go and enjoy doing what I do. And there's no sort of social complications or anything like that. Yeah. And you know? I mean, unfortunately, racing and cars in general has a lot of people that are that are that way. They care about what you're driving or yeah. how much it costs. And and that's, you know, it's one of the one of the tough things, you know, about the kind of karting that that I do and and that you've recently gotten into this what we call sport karting, mm -hmm. is um is that community itself is is very much they respect how you are as a driver. That's because you don't own your own equipment, so there's nothing to brag about with right. your cart. But those guys who race the shifter carts or the tag carts or anything, I mean, they look they look straight down their nose. Most of them do at sport karting, and they go, "That's stupid." You yeah. know, anybody could do that. Nine times out of ten, when they come out to a sport kart race, a super series, they get their ass handed to them so bad we never see them again. Yeah. Sometimes they come out and they do decent. And usually, those are the guys who are a little bit humble and they go, "This is something different." So I'm not expecting to go out and win it my first time. And they get like a top fifteen, top twenty in an A main. And shit, they, they earn a lot of respect when they do that. But some of those guys start getting beat and they drive in the corner and just start taking people out because they're getting frustrated and they want to be coming to the pits afterwards and go, oh, I didn't really care anyways. This is just something stupid. And I mean, how, how stupid do you have to be to waste $135 of your, of your own money for something stupid like that, you know? Yeah, you know, I agree. One of, the thing, one of the theories that I have, and I, I'd be interested to hear what you think, but the cheaper the racing is, the better it is. Because... Mm -hmm the pool of people who can afford to do it is bigger, mm -hmm. which means the talent pool is bigger. Yeah. And so I, I love going to the Super Series and, and the, whatever they're called. I don't know, the three that I do. Yeah. Um, because the pool's huge. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge diversity of people driving. There's quite a different driving styles, too. And everyone's really committed to it, you mm -hmm. know? And, and because the pool's so big, I think the competition's really good. Oh, yeah. And I love that. And so uh, if you want to take that back into, like, my own racing, so in box to spec like, it's it's very much like the karting that, that we do. It's it's mm -hmm. at that cheap point, uh, you know, where it's relatively inexpensive, mm -hmm. um, especially compared to, like, if you go into the GT classes. So, you know, you go from GT 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, all the way to 1, which is basically, like, unlimited. You can right. do whatever the hell you want, right? Yeah. I mean... So when you get to like the unlimited classes in the Porsche Owners Club, there there's like maybe three guys, right? So mm -hmm. sure, you get to race three guys who kind of have similar equipment, but that's not the same as racing twelve guys, right. or like in go karting where it's sixty guys, which right. I love, right? You know, yeah, no, it's totally true. You know, I raced a lot of different things growing up, from karting up to you know circle track, you know, oval stuff and in stock cars, and um, from from purely from the time you put your helmet on to the when you take it off. From that perspective, the Super Series, you know, sport karting in general is the hardest series to win in, bar none, mm -hmm. of anything. Because there's so many people. Like you said, anybody can do it. If you've got $135 in your pocket, mm -hmm. you can sign up, you can go race tomorrow, you know, or, you know, that Saturday each month. Um, you know, you can do that. So there's, there's a huge talent pool. There's a lot of people who wanted to do it but never had the money to go, you know, race anything higher up than that. Or, and so, or maybe they did, and now they're kind of getting back down off that mountain. Uh, people who are pro drivers come out and do it. You know, we had mm -hmm. Boris set up there a couple weeks ago. Guess what? He didn't exactly kick everybody's ass, yeah. you know, and um, you're right. And that's sure when you're building a car, when you're racing something that you own, all the other stuff matters, all the details of how you maintain your car, how you build it, how you you work on things in your off weekends. And you're, it's a 24 seven job. A lot of times when you own your own race car, if you get home from work and you got to go to work on it, depending on how mean you were to it, the last race, you know, if you had some incidents, you got to thrash to even make it to the next race a couple weeks later sometimes, you know, and that stuff's all very hard. And in sport karting, you don't have to worry about that, which inherently does make it easier, more, yeah. more simple, I guess you could say. But it doesn't make the driving any easier. If anything, it makes the driving harder because yeah. those guys who maybe don't know how to maintain a car, don't know how to build a car, they can still go race up front because all they got to do is wheel the thing. You know, and that's, you know, that's where it's at. Sport karting is the most fun from that perspective, I believe. Also, because of the price point, mm -hmm. people practice way more. Right, yeah. You know, like, for instance, my friend in GT1, 
like he's worried about like how many hours he puts on the motor and it's you know and it's just it's a whole different thing right i i have a couple of my friends and i'll call them up on a on a friday and say hey you want to go out to willow and test tomorrow and he's mm -hmm. like oh i didn't think about it but yeah let's go and we just go you <laughs> yeah. know what i mean and like because of the nature of the car you know it's it's easy to have that kind of flexibility and just drive it and drive it and drive it and try and get as good as possible and the same with those sports cars you know i mean mm -hmm. Like, it's just not a big deal. You just go out there all the time and practice yeah. and practice and practice. And that's why everyone's so good. It's not, it's not just because a lot of people turn up. It's because a lot of people turn up and they're really committed and they can afford to practice and practice. Yeah. And it's more you about know? time than it is money in that case. Because yeah. a practice session is 35 bucks, yep. you know, and that's as long as what a main event is. So you, yep. get, you get good practice with that. It's simply the time, you yeah. know, because you can't go out. Most people have, you know, nine to five. So they can go out there on a Sunday and you know, the track's crowded and whatever, but the Fridays before a race, mm -hmm. the track's freaking swamped with people that are racing the next day, like 30, 40 people. So like a third of the field is out there practicing. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is it's usually not the really fast guys. Yeah, of course. You know, the really fast guys are kind of like, whatever. Yeah, they you know, know what they're doing. You know, yeah. so, every, so every year, more people get added to that list of drivers who could win. You know, <laughs> there's a guy who won Rookie of the Year last year where he still mathematically could win the championship this year. It's two races to go. He's third, third or fourth in points. And I mean, that's wild. He's only, this is his second season mm -hmm. and he's going toe to toe with these guys who are national champs and go to the world championships every year. And you know, it's, it's really wild because if you have enough commitment, anybody can get decent in a sport car. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, not everybody's going to win an A main in those things. It's just, it takes, it's just too hard, but everybody could get good enough to make a B main and that's mm -hmm. top half of the field. I mean, that's, that ain't easy to do. You've done it. You know, yeah. making the B main is missing. I should say missing the A and B main going to C or the D is remarkably easy to do. Really? You know, it's like, it's, it's easy to not make those A and B. I didn't know there was a C main. You didn't? No, there's 30 <laughs> in each and it goes all the way down to the D. You, you ran one so far. You've run Ironmans and Sprint Series, which are different, but the Super Series, you run one and you made the A, yeah. which is... I was thrilled. Yeah, as well <laughs> you should be. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I hate to say it. I've never been so happy about being so far from first in my life, right. but but I was thrilled. I mean, being if you make the main, that means, yeah, you're top 30 on the day, which maybe doesn't sound impressive, but anybody who's done it, there's a lot of really mm -hmm. good drivers who don't make it, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, good for, uh, you know, good for you for being able to do that. Let's uh, let's take a break from talking to you for a minute and let's, let's do some trivia here. I know you're not a trivia person. You said beforehand that you don't do it. Far but, from it. But that's all right. So. You guys can laugh at me getting them all wrong. That's fine. You wouldn't be the first one to do that. Um, so the um, the leaderboard on the OC Pop Quiz uh, Zero to Sixty There's Challenge. Yeah, so that's oh. there on my toolbox. So uh, Pop Quiz Trivia does a lot of trivia over in you know in Orange County area. So uh, if you're ever in the area and you want to do some trivia, that's not about cars or racing so much. It's about everything. Hit them up. Go to popquiztrivia.com to um, you know or oh, excuse me OCPopQuiz.com to uh, check them out. They May changed I just their name. Say I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, no, but I'm explaining it. So OC. They, yeah, so they, they're a company that goes to restaurants weekdays oh, I see. and they put on trivia challenges. You get free beer, you get free swag, they give shirts, cups, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, pretty much all my beer glasses came from them and they, they put on trivia games, it's a lot of fun. And um, they're our sponsor for our zero to 60 challenge. We call it zero to 60 because you get 60 seconds to answer as many questions as you can. And um, I'll do you give have you any Porsche related questions. I do several. It's tailor made for you. Uh, well, then there may be some chance. <laughs> you, if you don't get a couple of these, yeah. I don't. I don't know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> oh wow. Okay, that's pretty serious, man. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna get this loaded up here. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, where did you go? Don't tell me it didn't save. Where are you? I did it last night. I hit everything. It was here like last night. Oh, I'm gonna get upset. There it is. It's in the wrong spot. All right. So, um, yeah, so I'll give you one hint, and that is don't dwell on a question. If you don't know it, just skip it. You don't get to go back to it, but you, most people don't get through all 10 okay. um, questions. So, um, Producer Matt, you ready over there? I am. With the 60 seconds. All right, I'm going to read the first one. You start it whenever you kind of feel like. Okay. Uh, and then just say stop or something like that. Sounds good. All right, so here we go. Zero to 60 with, uh, with Alex here. All right, here we go. What year was NASA racing, the racing NASA founded? No idea. All right. Name three mid-engined Porsches. A Boxer 918 and a Cayman. Yes. <laughs> what car did Porsche originally intend to replace the 911? Uh, 944 was it? Nine, yeah, 944 Turbo, wasn't it? No. Who was the last driver to win in a BMW-powered Formula One car? I have no idea. How many races has Porsche won as a constructor in F1? None. 
close. Who was okay. who was driving that car that won their one race? <laughs> no idea. Um, Dan Gurney, after winning that race for Porsche, later went on to build his own F1 car. What was it called? Well, I have no idea. No, don't okay. know. A corner that tightens up as it goes is called what kind of radius? Decreasing. There it is. <laughs> what type of race car holds the overall lap record at Willow Springs? Um, I believe it's the F1 car. Close. What car holds the product production car lap record at Willow Springs? You can Stop. finish this one. Okay. I don't know. Production car, Porsche 918. Really? Yeah, that recently changed. I thought Jack Olson beat the 918. Well, not according to their website. <laughs> <laughs> if Willow Springs' website's wrong, then I'm sorry. Um, so let's we'll go back through these. You got um, two. What what is it? So it wasn't the 944. It was the other. It was the 928. 928. Yeah. yeah. You were all thinking along the right. Mm. My pen stopped working. I didn't think. I didn't think that Porsche did win an F1 race. They won one with Dan Gurney back in, I think, 58 or something. The only the only thing that I know that Gurney did was, didn't he do that Nissan three-wheel car that's running in? He did. Yeah, that's the, the only thing I know about him. Yeah, that, and he made the thing that's on the end of a, the, the Gurney, the Gurney flap. flap. Yeah, Yeah. see, that's more obscure than his eagle. I know, I know all sorts of random shit that is completely useless, but apparently none of it was stuff that you wrote down. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so NASA was founded in 1991. Um, 91? Yeah, 91. Wow, I would have thought it would have been earlier. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, 91 is what their Wikipedia page says. Um, three mid-engine Porsche. See, I should have put three mid, three mid-engine street legal Porsche. Well, I guess the 918 counts either way. But yeah, um, so there's a lot of options there. Boxer, Cayman, 914, 550, 918. Yeah, you know, 550. Kai, yeah, I didn't think of the, I didn't think of the, um, the Carrera GT, all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, Carrera GT. So you got three of them. Thank God. Um, <laughs> Although, really, two of them were the same car. <laughs> yeah, but I have Boxer and Cayman. It's fine. Um, I was hoping you were going to say 914 so we could later get into an argument if it's a real Porsche or not, which it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, the okay. only one that isn't no is argument. Boxster. <laughs> <laughs> Boxster and 914 are the same thing. Um, the 928 was originally in, built to replace the 911, which is Is funny. the 928 the one with the round lights that pop up? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The last uh, F1 driver to win in a BMW was Robert Kubica. Yeah, I would never even <laughs> begin. I, I don't even watch F1. I well, hate to say well, it. Well, there we go. Race, uh, Porsche won one race as a constructor. They won a lot more than that as an engine builder. Mm -hmm. um, Dan Gurney was driving that car. Uh, Dan Gurney later went on to build his own F1 car called the Eagle. Um, I would have also accepted AAR, even though it's not right, but that's the name of his team, so it's fine. Um, a corner that tightens up as it goes is called decreasing radius. Uh, Mike would be proud. Yeah, he would. <laughs> the type of car that holds the overall lap record at Willow Springs is actually an Indy car. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Andretti, right? Yes. Yeah. It's Michael Andretti, who um, I yeah. guess it was only like a year after Nigel Mansell went in his yep. F1 car. Okay. And it's all the way back in like 1989. I looked that up to see how close I was in my box to. How close were you? Pretty close. Let's just say decades apart. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah. Um, and then the, the production lap record at Will Springs, according to their website, is a 918. It might be different. If you find some proof that it's different than that, I will give you one more point. Well, no, you didn't answer anything else anyway, so no, I won't. How many did I get? Three. I thought it was two. Was it? Wait. Wait, it was three. It was two. Jeez. This this, I was keeping count. It's that, not coming off, though. That so one's I not get a dry three. erase. Yeah. Hold on. It's three. No. <laughs> Well, that's still... I can fix this. That looks terrible. Shut up. Oh, did, that's did pretty clever. You, did you know you could do that? I do now. <laughs> Thank God that wasn't on the test. <laughs> How do you get rid of a Sharpie? <laughs> was it two? Are you sure? Yes. What's, what's I don't think it was, it was two. two. I'm pretty sure it was two. <laughs> oh, I erased your name completely on it. This is bad. This show's going oh, poorly. The show's completely falling apart. I'm going to have some more milk. Have at it. Yeah. See, the show always starts strong, and then we do trivia, and then that's when we start bullshitting. Yeah. And so, now you've totally destroyed my confidence. That's fine. Let's, let's, let's double check that, just to be sure. You got um, the Porsche mid-engine cars. You got decreasing radius, and that's it. That's two. So there it is. I appreciate you throwing in a couple easy ones. You're welcome. Yeah. I try to. Um, but yeah, you, you beat... Uh, you tied one person, you beat two others, one of which was British, so I don't know if you have a rivalry with the British people or not, but I don't know. Seems like you might. Your country m maybe hates the British people. I don't know. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. <laughs> we live in America, so we do. You know, so. You need to get over that. 
no, never will. Um, so the beer we're drinking today is one we drank a lot, so I'm not going to talk too much about it. It is from Bootleggers, who does not sponsor us. It's our old world half. And then Alex is drinking milk. Um, the Horizon Organic Milk, which is what I drink um, because it, it lasts forever is the only reason I bought it, but it's actually delicious. It also it has really uh, good. DHA in it, which is good for your brain. Is That's it good for your I brain? Mm-hmm. Probably but why I've been smarter lately. I only got two. There we go. We just work that, that well. You need to make sure you buy the DHA milk. Maybe I should have drink, drank it like an hour earlier. Yeah. So this, gotta wait for it to soak in. So I gotta go buy more though, cause he's, he's drinking all of it, but it's ultra pasteurized, which I don't even know what that means. Um, supports brain health. That means it's just good. And it is good. It has a big ass cow on the front with a bell around its neck that I- It's a happy cow. Yeah, and I, I call it Bertha. It's organic. All right. Whatever that means. Yeah, I think that means it's made by hippies, right? Something, yeah. Oh, they walk around with like a bell around their neck. And that makes them organic? Happy. Oh, right, that's what you said. Uh, what are we up to on that one? On this one? 36. We got plenty of time. What should we talk about next? Um, let's see. Um, have you and I ever crashed it into each other at Cal Speed? I don't think so. Because I've only ever been near you in a coaching situation. So I, I don't what think... What are you saying? What? I'm saying that if I were racing against you, I'd probably wreck you. I don't know. You were behind me in that crash a couple months ago in the Ironman, right? Didn't you follow me through that or something? I don't remember. Yeah, there was a crash in turn one, and I started last, so I watched it kind of unfold. And whoever was right behind me, it wasn't you. It was just like hammering me in the rear bumper, like pushing me into it. And I'm like, stop, stop, stop. And then we come through it, and I look behind me, and then you're there. And I'm like, that wasn't Alex, because he was like ahead of me. And I don't remember passing him, but that yet there he is. So there's that. Mm. Uh, that was fun. Producer Matt, how's your, uh, how's your car search going? We talked a couple episodes ago about you having someone. Uh, I haven't put too much effort into it at the moment. You're on a car search? He's got, yeah. he's got five grand to, to I got find five a, grand to blow on a car. I told him he should finish building his MG Midget and drive that every day. He totally should. Yeah. You know what one of my favorite things to do is? Is to go to um, Hemmings mm-hmm. and I put in like a ridiculously low amount, mm-hmm. like five grand. Mm-hmm. To so, him that's ridiculously low. <laughs> 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 Mr. Porsche owners. <laughs> go on. Point taken. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for Hemmings, it's ridiculously low, right? <laughs> that's true. That's, I mean, that's I mean it's like, you know, Hemmings is like I'm with you. I'm with you on hoity-toity kind of collector cars, I'm, right? I'm with you on that. And so I put in a really low number, and it's amazing the interesting stuff that comes up. Really? And it's like, like if you put 100 grand in, everything's boring and predictable. Yeah. If you put five grand in, all this really weird and wonderful. Strange, esoteric vehicles. Yeah, I love it. With. I love it. I can spend literally hours doing that. Yeah. Isabel thinks that. Well, it's about my wife. She's like, please don't buy another car. But, you know, it's like, I love it. I love doing that. Kay- my, my wife, Kaylee, sitting over there. And if you want to get near a microphone, I'm going to ask you a question here. What's the worst car I've ever bought? Get closer to the microphone and answer. What's the worst car you've ever, like, seen me drive up in and been like, you did not buy that? She, she's never gotten mad at me for buying a car. She's very supportive in that I way. I wish the but, camera... I wish they could see the expression on her face right now. <laughs> it's awesome. Be honest, what's the what's Clearly the there were some bad ones. Oh, there's been a couple questionable decisions that I've made. Oh, I'm trying to decide out of the 27 cars you've had. I'm only 27 years old. I've only been driving 27 since I was 16. cars? Yeah. That's impressive. We counted a couple episodes ago. It's uh, that was actually one of the questions at our at our wedding. Whoever got that right could go up. Like, because basically we wanted to, it was buffet style, so all the tables were we couldn't release them all at the same time. So the DJ asked questions. Um, and whoever got the question right, that table could go up and get dinner. So that was one of the questions is how many cars have I owned? And um, people were, there was like a gasp, like the the, the, roo- the air left <laughs> the room, which was strong. What was the worst car? I know the answer. So tell Don't me. Don't say 914. Oh, no, we'll get divorced. But she's going to say that because <laughs> she hated that car. And there's two. You can be honest. I won't divorce you. It'd be an annulment. It hasn't been a year yet. Um, Actually, by the time this airs, it will have been a year. (laughs) Barely. You lucked out this time. (laughs) The 914. No. (laughs) There have been a few. Um, The Chevelle. What? (laughs) The fuck? (laughs) 
And your roadmaster. I knew uh, the roadmaster is what I expected. I don't even yeah. know what a, what's a roadmaster. It's a Buick uh, wagon that has the wood sides on oh, it. Oh yeah, but it has an LT1. When did you have that? Um, three years. No, more than that, like six years ago. Because today that thing would be kind of hipster, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, I would. I had it too early, and mine was super clean. Yeah, like the interior was perfect on it. It had like forty thousand original miles. Had an LT1 engine out of a Corvette. You know. <laughs> It was granted a five thousand pound car, but it would light one tire up if there's only a little bit of water on the ground. Yeah, um, it was third like, row seats it was that like pulled backwards. Driving around inside of a cloud. Oh, so smooth! I loved that car. <laughs> so you should, get, you should get an E thirty six M three. There you go. Can you get that five, five grand? grand? Can five you? grand. The that's, most awesome five grand you'll ever spend. <laughs> that's hard to argue with, actually. I, I um, can you help him find one for five? Yeah, sure. All right. That's actually Cars.com will have dozens of them I'm for sure, five. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, in fact, and I have to tell you, I, I instructed a guy at Chuck Walla this weekend. He had one and it was awesome. I mean, it's yeah. a really good car. They are. I mean, you got you to gotta have a little bit of money set aside for maintenance. It's not even that bad. It's just when you do pads, you like got to do rotors at the same time. That's mm, not that big of a be. deal. It's not bad. You, okay. go, you can it's do it yourself. Tear. Wear and tear stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you can do, yeah. My, uh, you said an, an E36? Or? Yeah. My my buddy Diego had one, so I'll ask him. I'm pretty cool. sure he had an E36. So I'll ask him. But it's a great thought, car. He loved that. Yeah, no, I totally want I one. I didn't know you could get one of those for five. That's yeah, it's amazing. That's right. that's the hot ticket. <laughs> All right, I think that's, that's solid the coolest car. Advice. advice taken. And yeah. go yeah. drive one because you, maybe you'll hate it, but you won't. No, I don't think you'll hate it. Won't. Is it okay if it's a stick? Obviously, yeah, absolutely. Because it's got to be. A stick. I want a stick. Okay, because yeah. I didn't know if your wife would ever drive it. No, my what wife, about my wife has her car and. This car's for me. All right, there, there, all right. That see, this is why we had him on. Let's uh, let's talk about what right. she said though a little bit though, because I had a nine fourteen. Obviously, I didn't know you when I had the nine fourteen. Um, but I love that's my favorite car I've ever owned. Um, I sold it to pay off a credit card, and I never drove the thing, and I I didn't need it anymore, and I I don't regret selling it, but I kind of do. You know, I wish I had it, but I also glad I have the money. Is that the same car that was in the, that show? Whatever, Top the, Gear? the Top Gear one. It's the same car, but not the same car. Okay, so no, I didn't that, buy that's that not one. The one. Oh, no. okay. Yeah, no, that one, um, I owned the car. That much nicer-ish. Right. He had, <laughs> they had a nicer paint job on it, but that, like, so I don't know if you came with two girls, I seem to remember. Yeah, I didn't get to meet them. Mm. I mean, I didn't have to meet them. Um, <clears throat> they were ugly and dumb. Uh, <laughs> they were. She's not impressed. That's fine. I wasn't either. Um, they, um, so that, that car was terrible on Top Gear. Like, it, they put a nice paint job on it, but, like, the seat wasn't bolted down. It didn't have first gear or reverse. Yeah, it was rough. My car, um, I bought for twelve hundred bucks. Um, it was running on three cylinders when I bought it, but I drove it home. Um, put and rear, three wheels at one point. At one point, it had three wheels on it. Yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> um, so basically, um, I just did a whole tune-up on it, and the fourth cylinder came alive. It just had a fouled-out huh. spark plug on it. Um, needed rear brake pads, um, and so I got those, and then it was fine. Um, it. It had some electrical gremlins when I first got it because I had that stock fuse block that has those weird like plastic fuses with the lead in the center. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with those. So they'd it has like the metal clips that kind of go over them, but they wear out. So the fuses would fall out mm -hmm. while I'm driving. And the car would just shut off, or the lights would just shut off. Yeah, I um, distinctly remember a time where we were on yeah. the freeway and a fuse yeah. fell out, and you're like, Matt, you got to put that fuse back in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm fumbling around underneath the dash in the dark, like. Trying not to electrocute myself, <laughs> trying to put this fuse back in. That's why she hates the cars because one time I think we were going to Droma One and it um it just it just shut off on us and I I fixed it. Okay, big deal. Hey, my car caught on fire at a stoplight. That's true. That was funny. <laughs> That's impressive. You've, yeah, I've you, only been on fire on a racetrack. Yeah, it was. I mean, it wasn't like an honest to god fire. It was. Like, there was there was smoke. There was smoke. He was driving his MG, which I don't know how familiar you are with British cars, but every wire is green. And Literally uh, every wire is green. Those, yeah. I, and so I was driving, driving. I think we were going to Drum One, actually. We well, we were on. Uh, I don't think so. We were in Chapman, we're heading up to the Orange Circle, and you had your girlfriend at the time, or something. Yeah, and your girlfriend at the time of the car, and I was behind him in the nine fourteen. Which and was, all of a sudden, fun. from under the dash comes just smoke. From my perspective, all of a sudden, <laughs> I just see smoke coming out of the car, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and Kaylee, I think, was with me. I th I'm pretty sure. I think and your brother was with you. Okay, maybe. So all of a sudden, I see him just dart into like a parking lot, and uh, I don't remember much else of the story, but it that was, was funny. We thought it was overheating. What ended up happening was one of the wires for the tack somehow grounded itself out, and it melted the casing off. Like the wire. they do. Well, yeah. What is it? British Leland, right? Mm -hmm. Famous for terrible wiring. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I have uh, Lucas. My, Lucas. Uh, yeah. Lucas, Lucas wiring. wiring. Yeah. My. Uh, 
how should I describe him? My stepfather, I suppose, or my mother's boyfriend, oh. however you want to define it. He he bought an MGB, and uh, I think he paid. I don't know what he paid for it, but you know, like MGB money. But he has had to fix everything <laughs> on it. That's a vast oh, yeah. range. He's had to fix everything on oh, it, yeah. and to the point where now it has like a Corvette engine in it and new suspension. Like the car is like, I mean, he spent like eight times its value. You right. know what I mean? That's funny. <laughs> it's just the most crazy thing. But I love that too because yeah. it's like, you know, I, I just love that he has so much passion that like logic doesn't come into it. Mm -hmm. you know right. I mean? No, that's totally the case. And that's kind of how I am with my MG too. I, it's so much fun to drive. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a 1600 pound car. Yeah. And it, it's like driving a go-kart. It's when I've, his, when I've driven it, I am slightly nervous. Yeah. I, well, if it has a Corvette motor in it. Then, no, yeah. but I, I never drove it with that. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. And it's an older Corvette motor, I believe. But, um, you know, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of that car. It does look awesome, though. They're fun. It's They're beautiful. a lot of fun. And, and I love the MGA. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a great looking car. You know, I've, I've spent a lot of time obsessing over fast cars, and I think there's something to driving really slow cars, too. And right. I, I think an MGA would just be so cool to have, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, I've always wanted to try a uh, TR6, G, or I guess it's a GT6, the, the kind yeah, of shooting yeah. brake one. Yeah. Um, I'm, I love those cars. Have you, ever, have you ever had a car that, um, you know, you'd leave a stoplight and it just kind of, you lose all power? You ever had something that's kind of that much of a hoopty? No. Okay. <laughs> no, every, the the I had a Honda CRX. Okay. But it's Japanese. It was indestructible. Yeah, I, know. I remember ramping it off some berm and it was just fine. It just <laughs> a tree a tree fell on top of it and dented the whole hood and just kept going. You know. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, it just yeah. kept that car. Just that era of Hondas, especially, and, and the Nissan Pathfinder too. I mean, that thing oh, is just ridiculous. Cars. It just keeps going. You remember the two door Pathfinders, Matt? Mm -hmm. Like my dad used to drive, and that's what yeah. he drives. Like that's oh, kind of really? your daily almost, isn't Pretty it? Cool. That's like no, my not quite, but it is something when I need to something more utilitarian. Yeah. You know. It's funny. She only hates my 914 because of that one time that we were driving and it well, shut off. Well, that's good enough. But I, like, I, I don't know. It took me, what, 14 seconds to fix it? And then we're on our way again? And like, but never again. She, and she never rode in the car again. You know, to me, <laughs> to me, Bullshit. cars are kind of like, I don't really see cars as mechanical things. Mm -hmm. I, I see cars with personalities and stuff. She always said that car hated her. Well, it's interesting because I think once a car lets you down, no matter, sure, I understand that it's a mechanical thing and if it's fixed, it won't happen again. But I always feel like if it let you down once, it's like an unreliable friend and it's going to yeah. let you down again. You know, so I kind of get what, you, what you're saying. It's kind of funny because she mentioned my Chevelle as one of those cars she hated. And that's, it was totally the unreliable friend. Yeah. Like, because it, basically to sum up this car is, um, it was a 74 Chevelle. So it's not the car that everybody thinks of when you say Chevelle. It's bigger. It's heavier. It's a lot of everything. Um, so I put a really super built small block Chevy engine in a 400 cubic inch, probably putting out about 500 horsepower. Um, NASCAR front suspension, so it rode stiff all the time. Not much interior. Um, and it was a project car. I never finished that car when I sold it. And uh, so one time I was, with, I was riding with Matt in that car just about to get home. And I did one last burnout on my way home, as you do. You know, just stood on the gas. And it wasn't a brake stand burnout or anything. It was just hammering the gas. And it got wheel hops so bad, it knocked the headlight out of the car. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, okay. So I get home. I fix ads easy enough. And then I do another burnout the next day. And I don't over rev it. I don't do any, I don't do anything I shouldn't. I mean, yeah, burnout is inherently bad for a car. I get that. But doing a 3000 RPM burnout should not cause that much damage. Mm -hmm. I do another one the next day and it throws a rod. Oh. I'm, like, I'm like, okay. So the car comes apart. I rebuild the engine to the, the 500 horsepower spec. At that point, it was probably 320, 330. It was, it was decent enough. I rebuild it and the car was just constant <coughs> problems. It took me like three years to rebuild the engine because we'd start to do something and then something else would go wrong. Start, and we'd fix that and then something else would be wrong. And it was just everything that we tried to do on it didn't work. And it was like, it's a Chevrolet. It's yeah. everything's so simple, but it, everything went wrong that could go wrong in an engine rebuild. I can't imagine. I mean, five, you know, you talk about 500 horsepower and, and that brings up like the whole horsepower war thing that's going on now mm -hmm. and, and all these cars that are just have ridiculous amounts of horsepower. I can't even imagine what 500 horsepower must feel like on the street. I mean, yeah. that's just going to be insane. The car was so heavy that it didn't feel like much. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, you would look down at the speedo and you go, oh, oh shit, okay. Because it was kind of soft in the rear. Yeah. And it, it kind of would just go. 
my brother, for example, has uh, a car right now. He has like a, a bucket T, like a, a Model T oh, yeah. hot rod with a probably 500, 550 horsepower engine in it, a 440 Chrysler big block. That um, sounds be- truly terrifying. Oh, it is. I won't ride in it anymore. Um, it- partially because it doesn't have a passenger seat, so you just sit on the fiberglass. <laughs> That's a good reason not to sit in it. So no. Does it have the skinny ties in the front? Oh, yeah. Has so huge- how does it turn? The little it, pizza- <laughs> it little doesn't. Pizza do, you, do you turn it by like just lifting off the throttle and it starts to rotate or something? Does that so even work? If, if you get going that fast, you're going to die. Um, so okay. it goes great in a straight line. You know it has a big drag link front suspension. So, I mean, you turn and you got to wait for it. It'll just get across the ground. You know, and it's, it's so. What does anybody do with 500 horsepower in one of those things? You go straight. You drag race it. And, and how does it break? How well does it? Break? Actually, it breaks okay because he has discs on the front off of a GM something, I think. And then in the rear, he has an Explorer rear end, mm-hmm. so it's got discs on the rear also. And it's only a probably a 2,000 pound car, if that. But with so it skinny right. tires, does that mean it's using the back? To yeah, break so he has to brake by so, his turned way to the rear. So it can rotate like a go kart. It could. I don't <laughs> think he has it turned that far to the rear. But I don't know, man. That thing sounds scary. It has no roll bar. It has no seat belts. It has no passenger seat. See, you were lucky that he only got a 914. Yeah, I could, <laughs> I could, I, the T-Bucket, I, I simultaneously love that car and hate it. Yeah. Like I would, if it were my car, it would have a, a probably a six point cage. I know he's going to do a cage, but I wouldn't put that thing on the street without a cage. <laughs> you know, yeah. It'd have harnesses. He has a racing seat with no belts. Well, that's uh, useless. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I would, I would own something like that, but it would be a little different than his. What? But you know what so I really fast. like is fifties pickup trucks. Oh, yeah. I love mm-hmm. those things. And, like, again, Hemmings, that's the only cool thing that you can buy at a reasonable price now. Pretty even, much. It, but even they are getting up there. Yeah, Especially no. for, like, the step sides, the ones that are really popular, yeah. the 54-ish. No, I mean, they, step they, side pickups. they are definitely getting more expensive. But, I mean, outside of the M3, e, E36 M3, like, then the next thing that I think is cool is you know, that's vintage mm-hmm. is those pickup trucks. Yeah, I love those. I mean, I, I, I mean like, I love 911s, but they're just ridiculous now. It's just yeah. stupid. For a minute, you could get a, you know, I don't remember the generation, but the early 80s, 911 for a decent enough price. But SCs, maybe, yeah. And they've gotten up there again now, right? Everything is just stupid. Even a 914 has gotten expensive. Yeah, well, actually, I was going to bring that up. You, how much did you say you paid for yours? 1200 and yeah. I drove it home. Like, I, I see 914s for like 30 Oh yeah, especially if it's if it's an original like nine fourteen six. Oh well, that's it's even like more. fifty eighty. Yeah. you know, easy. Good and it's God. like, can that's you, like a major commitment. And they're a yeah. cool car, but they're not that cool. <laughs> they're not fifty grand. Cool. You know, I bought a nine fourteen because it was a Ford. Like, I, people ask me why I've had such obscure weird cars because I don't have any money. Yeah. Is why you know, like the Chevelle. I bought a Chevelle that wasn't the cool year of Chevelle. My my Chrysler I have now is on the same platform as a Dodge Charger. Yeah, but it's ugly. So it's like one tenth the money. I paid thirteen hundred or something bucks for my Cordoba with a V eight. It's pre smog, so I, I can do anything I want to it. You know, nine elevens, all those sort of early air cooled, with the exception of the nine nine three, which was always kind of like considered the last of the air cooled. So you yeah. know, always had a premium. But like everything prior to that, I mean, not too long ago, it was all dirt cheap. Yeah. I mean, it, and it was truly an amazing time because you could get a really great car for very little. Yeah. And then I guess, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how this has all happened, but now, I mean, it just, everyone's priced out of the market. Yeah. I mean, my, my dream Porsche, like the only other Porsche I'll probably ever buy is I want to do a, um, a replica because I can never afford a real one, um, a 73-ish um, 911 RS. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always wanted to do, and it's getting to the point now where I'm like, God, maybe I could buy a 912 and convert it, mm. you know, put some like Boxster engine into it or something and style it like a You know what? RS, Honestly, but. I would love to have a 912 because I want a slow 911. They're cool, a, a slow, you know, car in that form and they're cool like they're they're a great looking car they have that original 911 styling yeah and you can i mean i've always been like yeah maybe the stock 912 is a little too slow but you can if you get a 912e where it's got the type 4 vw engine in it go fast parts are dirt cheap you can Mm -hmm. get it to 110 horsepower which is still slow but it at least gets it moving in the right direction i drove one not too long ago Mm -hmm. and i I mean sure it's not you know it doesn't have the pickup and go yeah but but it's fun yeah, and and you can really you know you can drive them hard because they just don't have a lot of get up and go. So they're they're very engaging in that sense. Yeah, it's like know? a first generation Miata that people love to shit on Miatas, yeah. but they're one of the best cars ever made. I think. Yeah, you know, and maybe they're they're not they're nothing particularly great looking. I've never driven one. Really? No, but they're I fun. but you know what? I would really like to do that spec Miata deal. 
Oh yeah. I think again, going back to the competition, the level of competition there is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, and they bump draft, which I find I kind of amusing. <laughs> they do, and it so works. So I have a lot of practice with that nowadays. You, you know, Spec Beyond is like super similar to like sport guarding. Yeah, like, no, it is. You know, and and we see it all the time. People come out and get their practice in it. And the, Miatas in general, like I wish they didn't have that stupid reputation they have for being like a gay guy car or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hairdresser. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, I love Miatas. I friggin' love them. But I you, thought you were gonna say you love gays. Well, them too. I love yeah. the gays. You know, <laughs> borderline with them. You know. Well, so like you know, basically, the Audi. What is it? The Audi. Which uh, one? TT. Okay. Right. Hairdresser's car. Yeah. The Porsche Boxster and the Miata. Those are the three hairdressers' cars. I'll take right? back what I said earlier, though, because I want a Boxster really bad. But I actually want all three of those cars. I think they're all yeah. cool. And I, I've never driven an Audi TT, but I've driven a Boxster, and I absolutely loved it because it was like a 914 but modern and proper and had some horsepower, mm-hmm. you know, cause I drove, I think a 2001 Boxster S. So I think it was 305 or something horsepower, yeah. which was all you'd That's ever need. That's a lot. It is. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is actually fast. Yeah. <laughs> I know? mean, I, I'm of the opinion that you really don't need, I've heard people say, granted they own GT3 RSs, that you don't need more than 400 horsepower on the street. But honestly, <laughs> like I think that you, you don't really need more than 200. No, yeah. I mean, with 200 horsepower, you can go pretty damn fast. I really, my, my next, if I ever have the opportunity, like if I ever get rid of my stupid Chrysler that I love, hate, and I just to buy a nice, decent, re, excuse me, reliable newer car. Reliable, I'll probably Yeah, well, I'll probably get a first-generation <laughs> Boxster. Mm-hmm. Uh, not an ass, just a regular. What, you they should come drive mine sometime. I'd love to. That'd be fun. What were they, 215 horsepower the first year? I think, something like no, that? No, well, f- the first three years, which is what mine is, and that's what the, the spec says you have to use, mm-hmm. it's 201 at the crank. Mm-hmm. So and That's still, like, for a weekend car, I mean, my thought is always, like, throw the top down and go cruise, because I wouldn't race it. It's just a cruiser, you know? It'd be fun. Yeah. Go to the canyons, go to go to the beach. Boxster would be fun. I don't care what people say. I think that it's funny. I think they're getting old enough where they're, they're almost on the cusp of being cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? That Especially. Because, well, for me, you know, when, when those funny teardrop eyes came out, I was mm-hmm. like, what the hell's Porsche doing? I hate that, right? Yeah. Now I kind of look at, you, you call know, them teardrop? I call them fried eggs. Same thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. But anyway, like now after... So many years of hating them, I kind of, I've kind of accepted them now, and I kind of yeah. like them. And I, and, I think they're cool. You know, um, yeah. I want a silver one with red interior. Really? Yeah, yeah that's just, very fifties. Yeah, I know. Mm. Well, I, I, my, my two dream cars that I want more than anything is a, uh, as a, is a Porsche five fifty replica. Again, could never afford a real one because I don't. Where do you Nobody find can. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> the replicas are friggin' great cars the back spider Beck, and all that and then there's someone here called vintage spiders yeah they're great freaking cars i'd love to have one of those yeah. um and then i would i'd love to have a you know a replica a kit car cobra the only thing the only thing about kit cars that concerns me is is the build quality i don't know mm-hmm. i just don't know how well you gotta they stand up to like everyday use you know yeah what I mean? you gotta really do your research like for example like you have the one in the Spectrum, like with the Kit Cobras, like the Superformance, mm-hmm. which may as well be a real, a real right. Yeah, I they, think it is. Do a, it's basically yeah. They're I, they're pretty. I think they're licensed. They are licensed. They're Isn't considered that, an original Cobra. Yeah. Isn't there also a company out of South Africa? Yes, that does like the aluminum bodied ones. There, there was, and I, I think that they've. Um, I think Superformance is the only ones who. I don't know that they do aluminum or not, but I, I should know this. But there's a South African company, and I think that. They have some kind of relationship with Beck. You know, Charlie Beck sold that company, I, I want to say, did. a little while back. I should know this, but, you know. Um, Don't worry. No one is testing you like I they know. tested me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I want to say he sold that company, I think, a South African company or factory. Or they're coming, the factories in South Africa or something like that. But, you know, Beck does more than the, the spiders. He does those. And then he does the Beck Lister, which is a badass oh, yeah. Chevy-powered it's kind of like the, those um, the cheetahs if you've ever seen those. Mm-hmm. It yeah. kind of is reminiscent of that. The listers are friggin' cool. Yeah, I I, I knew a guy that raced a, a lister in uh, at NASA. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was real or not, but it was amazing looking. Yeah, they're yeah. great. Really I, nice looking car. It may have been friggin' Beck himself. He goes out to I, I we my dad. I didn't know what he looked like, but my I was out there with my dad probably ten years ago at, at auto or at the time California Speedway, mm-hmm. and there was a lister cruising around the track. And um, he pulls in, and my dad goes, oh, that's Charlie. And I'm like, okay, I don't know who that is. And he goes over to him and starts talking to him, and they knew each other from way back when, because my dad was, you know, 
one of the he was on the board of directors of either POC or PCA at one point. I don't remember which. Mm-hmm. So my dad worked was uh, worked at Beverly Hills Porsche at one point. Oh, he time. did. Yeah, that's funny. I, I don't remember if he was the general manager there. And I was way before I was born, but. He tells this funny story about his, um, he was high enough up where he got a demo car, so he would just drive home a Porsche or whatever. Um, so he's on the freeway one day, driving along, and um, going, you know, allegedly faster than maybe he should. And um, he uh, looks in his mirror and he sees lights, So, but they're way back, so he kind of eases on the accelerator a little bit uh-huh. and goes faster. And then he looks in his mirror, and there's nothing there, and he goes, okay. And he looks over, and the cop's next to him. Oh, shoot. And he goes, what? He's driving a 930 Turbo. Oh, wow. And he's like, what? And it was a, it was a, um, it was a, uh, I want to say it was a Dodge Cornette oh. cop car with a 440. And, <laughs> and he goes, okay, I'm going to pull over now because the friggin' Dodge was faster than the Porsche. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, he went over and he talked to, you know, to Charlie Beck. And I'd never, I'd never seen whatever that car was. It turned out to be a Lister. And I didn't know who, who he was or anything like that. But they were, you know, just shooting the shit like old friends. And I, I haven't seen him since then. But, um, you know, there's those kit cars. I mean, if you do your homework on them, they're better than the originals ever were. Yeah, know? maybe it well depends on how you look at it. You yeah, know, they'll I, handle I, better. I'm look- a little bit skeptical. I mean, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, but you see, I would, I would argue that instead of buying a, a, a kit car, I would go and buy one of those E36 M3s because you know what? Yeah, in 10 years, we'll be sitting here and we're going, Man, we should have bought those things because now they're 100 grand because I mean, collectible. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a fair point. It's it's one of those deals where, like, where the 550 has kind of been that car for me. Like, since yeah. I was a kid, it's like, I want a 550 at some point. The Cobra is kind of the same thing. I, I think Matt's kind of in the same boat where I know he wants a Cobra. Oh, he yeah. has this British that's like my car thing. Yeah, my dream car is the is the Cobra. Yeah, so I'm no, I'm not allowed beautiful. I'm not allowed to have a blue with white stripes Cobra because Matt's gonna get that. Yeah, so when, when I get a Cobra, <laughs> it's gonna probably be red with white stripes. That's fine. I'll allow it. Yeah, here comes our uh, our next guest. Welcome to the party. We'll be talking to him soon enough. <laughs> he brought us something that scares me. <laughs> oh God. Um, so, gosh, what are we up to now, producer Matt? Just over an hour. Oh, we're getting close to it then. Mm. Yeah, I know. These hours kind of fly by, don't they? But it was light when we started. Now it's dark and That's all true. that stuff. So. And it's a little warm. Yeah, it's getting there, right? Can you imagine doing this in the summertime? Yeah, it must have been pretty brutal. It was hell. It was brutal. And we've been on an air conditioner going. So like some of you can hear the background. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And we just didn't give a shit. Um, so one last thing I want to talk about um, you know, before we let you go is, um, and it, it kind of has nothing to do with you, so you can relax. Um, but I want to kind of talk about a new show that we're going to be doing here. And I talked to you a little bit about it before we started here and we're super excited for this. Um, some of us, some of you guys who follow us on our Facebook page, hopefully it's everybody listening to this, saw something we put up called boozed up bench racing. Well, that's something new that we're going to be doing where we're we're going to be getting guests very much like, um, you know, this podcast that we're doing right now. Um, but it's going to be kind of more of a once a month type of deal. Um, you know, where we're going to, it's going to be a little shorter. So some of you guys have been saying these podcasts are a little bit too long. Well, we've got something for you guys. It's a little bit more to the point, a little bit faster, a little faster paced. Um, boost up bench racing is going to be something where we get one of our guests. Some people, there'll be some people you've already seen on the show, some other people, um, and we're going to get them absolutely just hammered drunk just destroyed like eight or nine out of 10 on the scale so they can still talk. And we're going to put them in front of the camera and they're going to tell us a story, any story they want, as long as it involves cars or racing or something. It, I mean, it, it can vaguely resemble it, but it, what we're going to get them to tell stories of all types. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun there. So um, stay tuned to our Facebook page and our Twitter feed for more information on that, as well as our website, growlergarage.net. Um, we're going to, we're going to have a lot of fun uh, with that. We're going to be filming our next one here in the next couple of weeks. And, and let me tell you, it's, it's going to be something. So look for that sometime um, during this holiday season. Um, we'll probably see it sometime uh, around the end, the turn of the year is when you'll see the first one. Um, so stay tuned and we'll, we'll, we'll be posting some clips of that, some, some teasers, some trailers. And um, we're we're excited for that. Hopefully you'll, you'll you'll have a chance to check that out because you'll probably get a good laugh out of it. Because you you laugh at our hilarity. I remember that's true. A couple of weeks ago, when I, was ta- I think last week when I was talking to you about doing the show, two weekends ago, um, you uh, you mentioned that you you watched the episode where Matt and I are drinking the malt liquor. Oh <laughs> God! And uh, what did you say? You said something along the lines of like, I didn't realize you guys got so yeah, just actually got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I thought. 
I didn't realize that's what happened. Yeah, you know, it's not just the name. Like, I try to stay halfway sober when I'm talking to you guys, but when it's just me and Matt, which we're going to do another episode where it's just me and Matt, I think, because we got a lot of really positive feedback on that episode. It was fun. Um, I, had, I had a good time. And it was that. just ridiculous. I mean, you saw it. It was just off the rails, stupid. But, you know, any, anything else you want to plug or talk about before, before we let you go? Any no, this was really fun. I, I think it'd be... I'd like to come back and do this. Yeah, we'll have you back at some point. Because that's the thing is these hours just are not enough. Like yeah. we barely talked about Petrolicious really at all. You know, we could talk. We could talk for hours. We didn't. We didn't even talk about the Growler. We didn't. We didn't even mention it. We we went and we talked. We showed it's just it. Just a car. It's a car that is on. An, you know what? Here's the best way to put it: is we wouldn't do that car justice if we talked about it here. So check out the Petrolicious video on it. Mm. You know, because that's. It shows you the whole car. It drives. I mean, you could hear it from a mile away, but it's not obnoxious, you no, know. And that's the it thing. It actually has an amazing sound. Yeah, and like I, when you called me earlier saying, "Oh, I'm here," you know, I could. I'm like, I thought so. Cause I heard just this light, just growl in the mm -hmm. background, and it was. Uh, it's a it's a pretty sweet automobile, and um, you know, hopefully, I'll get to see more of it, and maybe it'll take me for a ride at some point. I wish I had time tonight, but unfortunately i don't but uh check out that video on petrolicious because it's worth your time it's it's like what 10 minutes long or something like that it's not even it's worth every second of it it's really something i didn't else. get to talk a whole lot in that video perfect I mean, <laughs> so you know they'll, he'll tell you about the automatic steering on it yeah exactly the automatic <laughs> steering i love that now when that first happened i was so annoyed at myself and now i'm like no that's an alexism <laughs> yeah you, you know what's funny because you told me people give you shit for that but everybody knew what you meant yeah like yeah. He, yeah. he mentioned in the, in, he's like, um, what did you say something along the lines of like, oh, you know, most cars have, you know, automatic steering. Well, no, uh, talking about unassisted. Right. As, yeah. As a unassisted steering, unassisted, assisted steering rack. Yeah. Um, versus, you know, an automatic steering rack. Right. Which <laughs> clearly he was talking about power steering. <laughs> I mean, very obviously, but yeah, people were shitting on it, but whatever. No, they do actually, actually. Considering the brutality of, of YouTube. The, the internet at large. Oh, yeah, yeah. YouTube's like the cesspool. Like, oh, my God. YouTube and the, Twitter. The brutality of... of and and they, they weren't kind in other ways. But <laughs> that one, they, they were kind to me with. And I appreciate that. So thank you, YouTube. Because <laughs> I was bracing for a lot of heat on that. Yeah. But anyway. Well... Thanks, Alex, for coming on the show. It's a pleasure. Uh, I had a this lot of fun. so much fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody check out growlergarage.net. That's where you can find everything about the show. Merchandise. Anytime there's a new episode, it goes up on there. You can download it there. It'll give you the links to uh, how to find it on YouTube. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, you know, share it. You know, let your friends know. If you enjoyed this episode, we don't ask anything out of you. Just share it. Tell your friends, like, hey, did you hear about the show? It's called Growler Garage. It's pretty freaking cool. That's all we ask. And uh, our new show, uh, Boost Up Bench Racing, is going to be out sometime here um, towards uh, probably the middle end of December. That one, um, if you hate this show, I, you wouldn't be watching this if you hated it because we're like an hour in. But uh, <laughs> but if you want if you want this kind of bullshit in a shorter, smaller dose, like if this is Coke, that's crack. And it's going to be great. That's the so, perfect analogy. So <laughs> There it is. Boost up entracing the crack of the Growl Garage franchise. Thank you for checking it out. Hopefully you will sample our crack soon. <laughs>